CES 2024 was just last week. I'm told 30 different venues, over 120,000 people were there, and it, it just takes over Vegas. I didn't get a chance to go. I read a whole bunch of articles, saw a lot of cool videos on a lot of great things that came out, and this episode's going to be dedicated to it. I got about six pages of notes, and I want to see how long I can get through that. The common theme for this year, obviously, AI. They're putting AI in everything, from bird feeders to telescopes to grills to fridges. They're going all electric and all AI as well. Autonomous vehicles, there were submersible vehicles, there were flying cars, amazing shit coming down the pike. Do I think a lot of this is going to get adopted? Probably not, but it's just showing you where the future is. This isn't a tech show anymore. This is this is Disney World times 10. This is just a, a tech guru's wet dream. Because not only it's talks, demonstrations, and if you go to these venues, you'll see the signs were saying there were about 20,000 vendors per venue and then walmart had out an outside venue with a complete led screen outside and it just displayed all these crazy things and that was the entrance and they had a 4d experience and they had rides and it, it was just wild so it's not just kind of like a ted talk show anymore this is that like show in the 1930s where it was in new jersey and it just showed Everything from around the world, all different things I've never seen before and new products coming out and wild time to be alive. I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm sorry if this kind of sounds choppy. I will have to stop and start at times because I got a pinched nerve in my shoulder and it's just running down my right arm and I use that for the mouse and uh, looking up information. So I'm going to have to stop and start and try and work this thing out. But to start off with one of the weirdest things that i've seen at ces is uh an ai pillow it's six pounds that's insane who wants to travel around with a six pound pillow but they say it's an anti-snoring pillow also gives you a, a sleep report all this information it tracks of your sleep pattern it goes right to your phone it has a built-in alarm it's even got a pillow height adjustment that you can set through an app on your phone this is interesting because I have a buddy, Brian, who uh, runs the Blacklist RC. He has sleep apnea, and I know he's got to go, I don't know if it's quarterly or, or biannually, but he always has to get like his sleep report or sleep thing done. And he goes there, he sleeps for a couple hours, they check to see if his sleep apnea machine's working or if they got to set it a different way. But this is kind of interesting because my mom also has a problem with my father snoring, and if she could stop that with a AI pillow, I'm sure she'd be all about that. And the pillow is uh, created by a company called Zarima. You can buy it in Korea, United States, China, Italy, France, Denmark. That's weird that it wouldn't be worldwide. Now, I don't know if you need to have this connected to the internet. That was a problem I've seen with a lot of products at CES was... You still needed to have an uh, internet connection for it to pull the AI information from the cloud. It's not built in to the machine. There was a lamp that had uh, all the the AI uh, language model in the machine, so you didn't need it connected to the internet, which is kind of nice for that. But that was the only drawback I saw. Of course, an AI pillow wouldn't be complete without an AI mattress. This thing is insane. Okay, so I'm going to butcher this right now. It's the Sleep and Body Incline Smart Mattress i4. 
Okay, never mind. I did pretty well. It earned a Digital Health Innovation Award at CES this year. Instead of coils or foam or any of that other bullshit, it's got an interweb of 14 million 3D woven strings. Crazy part is, I find this with couches and my mattress because right in the middle, it always sags. Um, it maintains the structure. And I actually believe that 14 million, I don't know, it just sounds crazy. I, it could be stupid, but not only can it maintain its structure and prevent sinking, it can also change its firmness level, height, and angle based on the biometric data of the bed's 540 pressure and heart rate sensors. Nuts. And of course, all that information is collected and sent to their smartphone app. I do that. And what I really want them to do is put those interwoven fibers in couches because I hate having a couch for maybe eight months and then all of a sudden it starts to, you know, sag in the middle. Then you got to either get it redone or if it's stitched all together, you can't do that. It's going to cost even more money. So I don't know. I just buy more pillows. But it would just be nice to have one thing that I can have for longer than three years and maintain its firmness level. There's no word on the price of that yet, but they do have just regular mattresses on Amazon for $1,700. doesn't have any of the AI capabilities, so I would assume, I don't know, maybe four times that amount, probably about five grand. So if you're a big spender, I'm not. I will never own one of these things until it goes under 1000 All right, what else we got? They had a few gimmicky things like an AI backpack. It had a display on the outside where you could change the logos or smiley face or whatever you really wanted to do they had an ai stethoscope i didn't get too much information on that but that's nice because it might be able to hear different things that the normal ear couldn't hear or i don't know that one intrigues me the medical industry with um ai products that's fascinating then you had products like an ai telescope this is from the uh, manufacturer unistellar they launched the Odyssey and Odyssey Pro Smart Telescopes uh, this year. The design to make gazing at and photographing the night sky more accessible. It's a mirrored telescope. I'm not familiar with telescopes, so I don't know what the other options are. But they say that it auto-adjusts, so there's no manual adjustment needed. And they do that through a smart algorithm and whatever star you're looking at. Or if you're trying to go something millions of light years away, it'll know that it's so far away that it would autofocus, which is wild. You can do it through a Samsung phone and an Apple phone through their app. And I believe you could actually just do it through the telescope itself. I'm sure there's some sort of display. The prices aren't too bad on these. You can actually buy it through their website. It's about $2,500 to $4,000 between the Odyssey and the Odyssey Pro. That would be something cool for me around here because I live in the woods and I have a great field down the road. There's no light pollution. You can really get some awesome stuff. But I don't know. I'm not about to spend $4,000 on the telescope that I may use three times in my lifetime. But if that is your thing, I, I'd look into this. This is beautiful. So is that for you astronomers out there. Now, if you like birds like me, there was a cool AI bird feeder I saw. It had cameras on it at all the feeding ports. It would take a picture of the bird, identify the bird, send you a notification through your phone, email, whatever, telling you what kind of bird is at your feeder right now. And it also has the video. So it's kind of like a ring doorbell for birds. 
That'd be nice because half the time I really believe this squirrel is getting at this bird food after I leave for work. I know they come out. They're just waiting for my car to leave the driveway and they just go right at the damn thing. Because when I get home, there's nothing left. What really fascinates me about AI is the effectiveness to communicate with other people in foreign countries through their own language. You don't need to know their language. You don't need a, a tran like a personal translator there. This company called Time Kettle came up with the X1 AI Interpreter Hub, and it's just kind of this really cool little box. It's got two earpieces in it, so you can just give it to another person. You can just have a full-blown conversation. It's multi-way interpretation, so they talk into their piece, you talk into yours, and you just communicate. I believe it's almost instantly. It takes a little, uh, like a second or two to translate. It's got voice, voice call with unique digital numbers, online meeting interpreting, and exporting. Again, it's 40 online and 13 offline languages. It's actually pretty cheap. It's $700. So if you actually travel a lot to different countries, this is a great way to, I guess, communicate, meet with people. And this is a game changing because I feel like that's half the problem we have is just the fact that we don't communicate. It's got a beautiful display on it. Instant switch between 40 different languages, multi-directional noise reduction, single touch for connecting and it says 20 people uh, translation subnet currently supports up to five languages allowing 20 users to engage in translated conversations now i don't know if that means 20 people in a room but whatever it is that is pretty damn cool i'm just fascinated you could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation so i'd say that's one of the cooler pieces of tech that came out something that my cousin and i love to do any day we well, any nice day that we have uh, a lot of meat in the house will smoke. They've come out with AI grills. Some of these are pretty wild. I don't know. I just feel like it It just takes some pizzazz out of cooking. Although some people obviously like perfectly cooked meat and they don't want to guess. But I just like smoking and throwing it to the wind, figuring out what works, what doesn't. But with this grill made by Weber, it's called the Summit FS38X Smart Grill. It's got a, a touch screen right where the controls are. It's a gas grill. It's got a built-in broiler. So you can elevate the, the racks that the meat is on to be closer to the broiler, get that nice crisp finish. It tells you exactly where to place the food on the grates so you won't overcook or undercook certain things. <laughs> it has a rotisserie. I believe what I read from it was you can also give it input or feedback from, okay, was this steak too dry or was it too undercooked? And it'll actually adjust settings for the future. It has everything. I'm not sure how much this is. Uh, $3,500. I could see it. I mean, that's something I'd actually, that's something I'd really like to try out. Now, if they had a built-in smoker, oh man, I'd be all over this thing tomorrow. But for $3,500, I think I'm going to wait till summer. I will say there's a lot of people who really overcook fish or undercook fish. This is perfect. Meats, just go with your gut. Fish, I don't know. That's something I always tend to overcook because I'm just too paranoid I'm going to get seafood poisoning. Well, with this, you don't have to worry about it. The Weber Summit FS38X Smart Grill. Wow. I heard there was AI cosmetics. I'm not really sure what the hell that's all about. Now, the 
big drawback I did see with a lot of these AI uh, pieces of technology was the AI is not built in yet. Again, I talk about the lamp. The lamp had it built in, so I don't know what the hell you'd need an AI lamp for. But some of this other stuff, they come with subscription fees, monthly subscription fees, so that you connect to the cloud and you can pull. You can use GPUs to pull the AI data down from it. Not really a fan because not only do you have to pay a hefty price tag, now I got another monthly subscription. It's bad enough all my subscription services keep going up. I don't want more. So that's why I say a lot of these things I don't think will really be adopted by society yet. And they still have a lot of work to to do. But this year there's going to be there's a lot more competition with building uh, microprocessors with built-in um, AI language models in there. So getting actual objects or household appliances with AI built in, it's probably maybe a year out. Don't listen to me on time frames. I'm really horrible with that. Now, of course, CES wouldn't be CES without the robots. Uh, a lot of AI robots, pool, they had pool cleaners, which just looked like a giant Roomba and cleaned the whole pool. They had AI bartenders. One was kind of like a Keurig where you'd pour in the alcohol and the mixes and it would make a perfectly mixed drink for you. Then there was a, a barista, which I knew that was coming, that made different coffees, cappuccinos, espressos. That's cool. Uh, AI cooks, obviously. Most of them were just robot arms that were connected to the machine, a coffee maker, an ice cream maker, things like that. Then they also had an ice cream robot. I don't know. Again, some of these things don't think they're going to take off yet. I could see a lot of companies going towards the like baristas or bartenders. Then there was a lot of AI robot assistants. These ranged from just chatbots that would kind of walk around and talk to you and they kind of had like a digital human face, kind of freaky. I don't know what the obsession is with it being humanoid because there were there was this one robot. I believe the battery pack on this thing was 200 pounds. And when this thing was powered down, it had to be held up by an engine crane. So it's not really something I would keep around the house. What, I turn my robot off and I got to hang it to the wall or chain it to the wall. That just seems really wrong on so many levels. But at least it, it does show we're getting more towards the Jetsons. I don't want to date myself, but I was always fascinated by all the futuristic things that the Jetsons had, the, the maid and then the briefcase car, which was really cool. Cars were definitely, of course, a big thing at CES. One of these robot assistants I found fascinating was Diligent Robotics. Uh, it, they created a robot for hospitals called Moxie, and it helps with um, it helps running patient supplies, delivering lab samples fetching items from central supply, distributing PPE and medications. I'm not sure if it's allowed to just grab the medications and sort them and make sure everything's correct, or if it's just kind of like a, a just a delivery robot, kind of like what I saw at a Chinese restaurant really freaked me out. This was last year. It was a robot that just came down and it had my food on it, it stopped at the table and... I just thought that was so odd, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. But for hospitals, I totally see the purpose. A lot of nurses, 
they get pulled away from doing what they're great at, which is patient care. I swear nurses are better than doctors because they know more. It seems like they know more about each and every patient and don't nurses care more. So this helps them do what they do best. And the robot just does all the other work. Doesn't call out, won't complain. I'm excited because it seems like a, a renaissance error for the healthcare industry. And I really think that needs a complete overhaul. Straight out of Star Wars, Samsung has their AI robot called Bali, which kind of looks like this very BB-8 looking thing. Of course, it's yellow, but it rolls around the house. It's got speaker style voice commands, smart home controls, remote camera access, person recognition, home navigation, and various projector features. So it had... Um, it could project things on the wall, on the ceiling, on the floor. I don't know. I really like projectors. I think they're awesome. The problem with this, it says it's only about two to three hours of continued projector use. And the projectors, it's 1080p. But I do see something like that really evolving and becoming immensely better. I'm not sure this is going to take off because not many... It, it's hard to sell people on projectors. And that's just what this is. It's a glorified projector. It's not like it's going to do any... I, I like the idea of... What was it? Home surveillance? Could always watch my dog. I could see that what it does when I, when I leave. But again, with only two to three hours of battery life, I don't see how useful this could be. And it's not really solving a pain point in people's lives. That was the biggest thing with this. It, it showed you what the future had in store, but... The adoption, because a lot of it won't solve real pain points, I don't see it being adopted fast, but it is intriguing how companies are adopting AI into their products. So within two years, it's, it's going to be hard to buy something normal, if that makes sense. Okay, my arm's killing me. Hang on. Then we got into computer vision for AI. It was uh, kind of fascinating Instead of self-checkouts where you have to scan each item, they had a self-checkout that would just look at everything that was on the on the register or on the cart, and it would just check out the entire basket. That was kind of interesting. Um, there was also one that had a, uh, a food screen. It would look at everything that was on your tray. Say you went to a buffet, and you could show it everything that was on your tray. It would give you a calorie count what food was in it, and then when you were finished eating, you would just scan it again. It would tell you everything you ate or how much you ate, your calorie count. That was kind of wild, a great way for people to maintain know, some sort of self-control. What was cool about that is with the computer vision, this was actually just a chat uh, GPT plugin or a GPT from OpenAI, you would send it a picture of what was in your fridge, and then it would give you ideas of what you could make based on what it saw in your fridge. I see that quickly becoming adopted to fridges. Then from Helm AI, they had cameras that were in vehicles. Vehicles were a big thing. They had a bunch of venues for that. This would pay attention to, it would just watch your drivers, and it would maybe alert them or let you know that you were dozing off or you weren't really paying attention. 
that's kind of cool for the insurance industry or trucking industry. It could kind of give you an alert when it notices, hey, you're falling asleep. You should probably pull over right now. I see a lot of those things coming for safety features for cars. Now, with cars and me, I'm not a big fan. I like old school shit. Nothing with electronics. Give me anything from the 60s, 70s, where it's just start and go. If something breaks, you can get in the engine bay. You can really rebuild that thing. It's not all compact. When you throw electronics at something, I just think you're begging for more problems. But also having said that, when they do come out with fully autonomous vehicles where I don't have to drive, oh shit, I will buy one of those in a heartbeat. I would just travel across the country. I don't have to worry about anything. I could just take naps or play games. Oh, now of course, another big thing was AR and virtual reality or spatial computing. They had uh, a lot of the glasses now are really coming down from it, it's not like it looks so futuristic it's just almost like a normal pair of ray-bans and it had cool augmented reality you had screens on the um on the lenses you had cool stuff from x-real there was ne nemo and i believe the last one was leia and then of course they have the apple vision pro that's just going to be crazy expensive I know a lot of people who have Oculus and all the virtual reality stuff. They say the nostalgia kind of wore off after about three weeks, and it just kind of sat in the pile. Nice thing about these glasses now, they're really coming down in price, so for a few hundred dollars, you could get something really decent. Now, Apple Vision Pro came out. I want to say it's about $3,500. Um, I'm just not that... I don't like Apple products to begin with, so I don't feel I'm going to buy that. But it is telling you that technology is becoming more efficient, the costs are coming down, and within a couple of years, you're just going to have normal active wear that you could wear very much like Ready Player One, where you could go into VR and you can feel everything. They had full body sensors, but they were hooked up to this backpack. Another one just kind of had weight uh, bands around your waist and around your legs, I believe, and you had these controllers almost in your hands so i would assume it just kind of made you feel what was going on inside the video game which i've always been fascinated about so that's what we got with the ar and the vr obviously the vehicles 90 percent of them were just concepts none of them are really going to come to fruition but one mobus by hyundai this was fascinating because in rhode island and providence specifically and i know in boston that was made for horse and buggies so they weren't really designed for cars and parallel parkings just a damn nightmare this had all four wheels that could turn sideways and it could just parallel park right for you you don't have to back up and go forward and really turn the wheel or anything this just went sideways so that that's really cool i know a lot of people who could totally use that i was a pro at parallel parking now of course there were some products that didn't have ai in it one of them this is my favorite. It's a damn water maker by Genesis Systems. It would make up to a gallon of water every 10 minutes just from the air. That's something I'm fascinated by because I've always believed that fresh water is going to be a commodity and a very scarce one at that. Now, we do have desalinization plants and everything. It doesn't seem like we're going fast enough with that. Now, this is great for home use. A gallon every 10 minutes. I mean, if you had to depend on that, that's a hell of a, a survival thing. And it wasn't that big either. I want to say it was the size of a cooler. 
Last up, of course, TVs. It wouldn't be CES without TVs. These were awesome because they were completely transparent. Now, with the future of this, I totally see bakeries having this right in front of their display of all their donuts and everything. You could just kind of have videos of how it's made or, I don't know, just display prices, anything like that. I could see this in New York on, in Times Square with all the with all the windows storefronts. These would just replace the windows, display different sales going on, things like that. One was made by LG. It's the Signature OLED TV. It was completely transparent, but a cool thing is you could actually, it had like a black film in there that I wasn't sure would either rise up or if it would just kind of like change the pixels or change the mirrors in there that would reflect black if, if that if you know what I'm saying there was ones made by RCA that were also transparent and then they had the Samsung micro LED TV the cool thing about this one is I wasn't so sure if it was transparent or not but it actually had pictures on the front there was like two pieces of glass in there and there were pictures on the front and the back of it which actually gave the pictures depth if you can kind of see what i'm saying i see that being really effective with 3d and maybe holograms things like that so tv is becoming transparent they're voice activated they got ai in it the the cars they were also going to have chat gpt included i believe volkswagen was one of the ones that we're talking about and that's along with your already voice assistant in there so I really hope next year I'm able to go to CES 2025. Really going to have to figure that out. Hopefully I can get a couple of sponsors to sponsor me to go out there. And that's the wrap up from CES 2024. I'm sure there were a lot more things, but again, there were 30 venues and there's maybe 20,000 vendors per venue. So to, to get all the information from that, this podcast would be maybe five hours. And I'm not really sure you could appreciate all that content verbally. I'm, I'm sure a lot of that's, you got to see, it's more visual. So I actually hope you enjoyed that episode because I, I'm really excited at how fast companies are really adapting. It's only been a year and companies are already going to try and put this into everything. It's just a matter of time to see how long it'll take people to adopt this. I personally don't think it's going to be like the internet took 10 years. This will probably be two, three, four years, most people, I'd say 60% of the people in America would have something AI controlled. So I guess that's it for this week's edition of Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. Thanks for listening.